This week on the Anxiety Slayer podcast, we're discussing the practice of tuning up your personal awareness by practicing one of our favorite daily rituals to relieve stress and anxiety. Hi, Ananga. Hey, Shen. It's good to be with you this week to share a conversation about joy spotting and the benefits of gratitude and curiosity. Many in our community are feeling stressed about what's happening on the world stage whether it be political, environmental, or related to the pandemic, there's just a lot of intense and heavy energy trying to push its way through to each of us. And joy spotting will help you change your internal dialogue. Today, we're going to walk through the benefits of curiosity and generosity and gratitude, as well as the joy spotting practice that we recommend. Would you like to begin with curiosity, Ananga? Yeah, I think curiosity is such a wonderful practice to adopt. Sometimes we just read it as a, as a static word, but it can be a living practice and it helps keep our mind engaged and active, active within our lives. It can go very nicely with mindfulness and, and presence. It makes learning new things an adventure. It keeps our attitude light and playful. It's an open nice state of mind for for learning new things and instead of worrying about what we don't know curious people always put their focus on what they'd love to know and and then seek it out i always really enjoy being around curious people people who are open and explorative about learning and for me curiosity is a really powerful antidote to anxiety even in the way that we were talking about last week being curious about what's out in nature, what's changing. This morning I noticed when I got up to meditate that it was light a little bit earlier and I could just see one star out of the window opposite my chair where last week it was dark and I couldn't see that star. So that made me curious. The light's changing, you know, we're moving to spring, just little noticings, but also we can make it a more deeply explorative practice and I find it really helpful for my mind to have those explorations to chew on and it's a good antidote from rumination and anxious thoughts and curiosity opens our eyes to to the simple pleasures like like that star a curious attitude i've been curious my entire life uh to the point where i sometimes drive my husband crazy uh because i'm so curious and lots of why 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 Like a kid, right? Yeah, but I love it. What's that? But this kind of curiosity puts us in touch with our surroundings in a very grounding and delightful way. And instead of missing the moment, we can explore it fully present and aware. If you try taking a walk in nature with a curious mind, you'll connect with your surroundings more and you'll find your walk to be as good for your mind as it is for your body. There's a reason why you've heard or probably heard the phrase, uh, take time to smell the roses. And this is what we're talking about, making sure that when you do walk in nature, that you are as aware as you possibly can of everything around you. 
just taking it all in. And if it's a walk that you do regularly, noticing the changes that you see, noticing that star that wasn't there, that Venus rising in the sky before everything else. Mm. And of course, curiosity engages the mind. Yeah, and I love that quote from Linus Pauling where he says, satisfaction of one's curiosity is one of the greatest sources of happiness in life. It's like excavating gold, you know, mining for gold. We can find such amazing gems of history or nature. Whatever it is we're interested in, it's really nice to keep learning and keep developing our awareness. I only recently learned that the buds on the trees are there all through winter, waiting for the spring. And that was such a lovely thing to learn and such a lovely thing to, to meditate on. And today I took a drive with my daughter along a road that we've driven about three or four times in the last couple of weeks. And I saw some crocuses coming on the side of the road and I was just calling out, snowdrops, crocuses. I always get so excited <laughs> when the crocuses come because I know it's real herald of of spring. So it was a curious drive. Let's see what we can see. It's just a nice way to be present and find joy. And again, I really find it a great antidote to anxiety. Fills your head with good new things, fresh things, and just stops that rumbling anxiety that likes to flood our mind and take the joy out. Mm. Right? It's still very wintry here in northern Michigan. Lots of snow. No signs of spring yet. However, the sun did shine most of the day yesterday. And just having that warmth from the sunshine, it was everything. Yeah. I'd also like to dig into the power and potency of generosity. And remembering how giving of ourselves is more potent than we think. and that. Generosity has a positive impact on our emotional and physical well-being. It's, it's not just for those on the receiving end. Today, after our conversation, I'm taking a gift to a friend. We were talking about some different incenses and resins and things that, that I liked, and, and she wanted to try some. So I'm taking her some samples of frankincense and myrrh and a little charcoal disc for her to burn it with. And, and just telling you about it, it's so fun for me to pack this up and take this to her and give her the experience because she's curious. And it puts me in this place of feeling sweet about this little thing, this little generous gift that I can give to a friend. Yeah, I think those. Those things are very sweet. My daughter often receives communications from artist friends of hers that they started really doing in lockdown, writing to each other and sharing. And sometimes uh, some tea will come, just a little sachet, one little sachet of tea will be in there and it, it might be one that she likes. Or if it's something like a spicy chai, it comes my way. And <laughs> last week one came and I was like, oh, I, I really like this brand of tea, but I didn't know they did this combination. Yeah. It's just a really happy little thing. With the curiosity and the gratitude, that invites you to be even more generous. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get into the knowing that mindful generosity is a huge part 
of being a happy person because giving requires us to have an awareness of the needs of others. And when you're aware of the needs of others, you're not so much focusing on what might be going on in your world. Yeah. The the nagging anxiety, the the stress, whatever's happening, you get a moment where you can share some sweetness with somebody else. And I wanted to share a few ways to take action here where we can make a difference to those in need, to be more mindfully generous. And the first is to offer your expertise, not to offer it without being asked for it, but to, you know, not to show up and be like, I know everything and here it is, <laughs> but, to, <laughs> but to be in that space of, I might be able to support you if you're interested. I've been working at X, Y, and Z for a long time, or this is something that I'm an expert at and I'd love to help. Finding a cause you believe in and making a donation, no matter how small, because you're in that space of mindfulness and you want to make a difference. And certainly volunteering your time. There's nothing like volunteering your time to take you out of fretting about yourself because you're giving back. You did a lot of volunteering right before the pandemic. And I know that you got so much from that, showing up and and giving of yourself and, and being supportive. What was that like for you? I miss it. I bet. I really miss it. We had the privilege of working with a really cool team of people in a charity store. I had to face the challenge of getting till trained. I've ne- never worked on a till before, and that was curious <laughs> and uh, fun once I knew how to do that. But we met some really wonderful people, and also some very distressed people would come into that place. We had a meditation center there as well, so we were able to give some solace yeah, and uh, some uplifting books and give people a hug and be with them. And it was a time when I was going through some real personal difficulty, and I went there to to get away and immerse myself in something that felt rewarding and substantial and giving back. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. We met some really amazing people and we were able to hear some incredible stories of courage and loss and and all of it. Yeah. And the volunteering piece, it's okay if you don't have loads and loads of time. Even an hour of your time makes a difference. And then you can build on that. So I don't want you to think that, oh, you know, good, good Lord, I'm working a full-time job. I'm raising a family. How am I also going to volunteer? Little bit by little bit. Yeah. You show up if, if that's what calls to you. Yeah, and we can volunteer an ear. Maybe we've noticed somebody seems a little off or, or not quite their usual self, and we can just call and say, how, how are you doing? Right. And here, to hear is such a gift and such a wonderful thing to offer. I see so many friends of mine offering little things like somebody taking somebody's dog for a walk because they're sick and the dog's climbing the walls. I'll take him. I'll take him out. Yeah. I have a friend who likes to cook meals for people that are sick or have had a baby and they're, you know, they're busy taking care of the baby and recovering from the birth. She loves it. Two days a week, she cooks and drives meals around to people's houses. That's so neat. She's completely joyful about it. And I've no doubt it's very hard work and requires a lot of shopping and planning and the whole thing. 
but she loves it. And she said, I, I found my thing. Yeah. I found my thing I want to give. I found my service I want to offer. And um, yeah, that's something that she just made up for herself that she wanted to do. So sometimes when we feel overwhelmed with anxiety, it can be very hard to even think of anything we can do, but even a tiny, a wave, a smile, a, a kindness, posting a, a book to somebody, a gift, a, an essential oil, just sending a little package to someone with love. We can do little things and still they bring that good warmth in the heart. And when you're out in the, out in the world, whether you're at the gas station or grocery store or doctor's office or wherever you may be, make it a habit to compliment someone every day, every time you're out and about. It stops most people in their tracks. And it, yeah. feels, <laughs> and it feels so good to notice something, you know, their hairstyle, a piece of jewelry, the coat that they're wearing, their, their lovely eyes, whatever it is. We can change a person's entire day. We can make their day with the tiniest of compliments. It's interesting to see, isn't it, how surprised sometimes people are when they receive a little kindness because it's not usual yeah, for them. Yeah, unfortunately. So let's make it usual. Let's, let's change <laughs> this up and <laughs> yeah. more generosity of spirit. And then closing out the generosity piece, generosity has strong associations with our psychological health and well-being. Studies from the Cleveland Clinic and many other sources show that being generous can lower your blood pressure, can increase self-esteem, improve depression, reduce sadness, and lower your stress levels, all by just showing up and being generous. And the reward, greater happiness and satisfaction. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's amazing, amazing investment of time and energy that we do from love and from care, but it comes back to us threefold. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about your friend who is making the, the meals, and each week I make this liquid gold is what I call it, and it's a combination of ginger and turmeric and lemons and sometimes oranges if I have them. And a little bit of black pepper and oil. Anyway, I just make this tea. And then I also will take all of those good ingredients and put them in the blender with some spring water and make these containers of what I call liquid gold and put them in the fridge. Mm -hmm. And my neighbor, I gave her some for Christmas and she loved it and was talking about it. And I thought, how easy would it be for me to make just an extra jar? Mm -hmm. And so when I make it, I offer it to her and her family. She's got two young boys and to help them stay healthy and, and put that yummy goodness inside. So now I just know that that's just something I do. It's, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. To bring our conversation to, to the title of, of the podcast today, we're going to talk about joy spotting and how you can learn to replace negative stories and judgment with more appreciation. It's a wonderful practice. A few years ago, I read about something called a commonplace book, which is a traditional old book where people would just write down random quotes, things they'd heard, passages they'd read, things that they want to keep. So that was something I started doing. 
And the, the only rule for me with that is that it's inspirational and uplifting. So I'll gather little quotes. Sometimes it might be off a, a tea tag <laughs> and get stuck in there or something I've read, something somebody wise has said. That for me is a joy spotting book, a commonplace book where you write down loads of random treasures that you've heard and gathered and then you can flick through on quieter days or challenging days and it's good medicine. And I invite all of our listeners to begin to notice and write down 10 things that bring you joy each day. You can also capture the beauty you experience by taking pictures. If you're an artist, you might enjoy sketching what inspires you. The key here is to practice noticing all of the tiniest little things that bring you joy. And we invite you to do this for the rest of the month, for the rest of February. And if you have children, invite them to participate and share their experiences with you at dinner time. This is something we used to do with my daughter. And we didn't do 10. We, we would do our top three and share. So Tom and I would share ours and she would share hers. And it was a, a sweet way to shift the dialogue. Mm. and to come back to gratitude and back to what brings us joy. And in any way, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just get started, start noticing. And whether it be the book that Ananga was talking about and kind of collecting little items and putting them together or making the list or all of the other things that I invited you to think about, just, just begin. And if you want, you're welcome to share your joy spotting lists and finds in our private Facebook group. And there is a link to that in our show notes. And if you are just listening, you can go to Facebook and search for Anxiety Slayer Group and you'll find us. This practice has been such a big part of my life for, for a long, long time. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to, to share it with all of you so that maybe things can shift just a little bit, day by day. Changing our dialogue is a powerful way to stay focused on gratitude and joy. Sometimes when my anxiety is spiked, my mind can be very intrusive and it likes to butt in with what-if thoughts or its favourite thing is a dialogue and I'll find myself having some imaginary conversation with somebody about something difficult or concerning and I find it really helpful to be able to switch that out if I can change that dialogue to something I'm grateful for, something I'm curious about, like offering my mind a, a carrot, offering some bait. And it, if I keep doing it, it will switch over quite readily. Mm -hmm. You know, to steer our internal conversations away from negative stories, complaints, when um, anxiety is triggered, our mind can become very chattery, very persistent. So to be able to switch that over to positive stories nice experiences, sweet experiences, things we're learning. Um, it's very helpful. It takes practice. It certainly takes persistence, but over time, we can, we can find it's much easier to, instead of being snared on those thoughts, to switch over to gratitude and joy and kindness and better things to meditate on. And it will change your relationships as well, because we often will get into this place where we 
complain about whatever might be going on in the world or whatever is bothering us or whatever we're irritated about or blah, 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 right? (laughs) Without even being aware of how negative that dialogue is. And so to challenge yourself for a day to not complain or, or when you do complain to flip it upside down and look for something to be grateful for, or joyful for. It's a habit. I mean, people are bitching and whining and complaining all over the world. What if we could turn that on its head and infuse more joy, more joy spotting, more gratitude, more curiosity, more generosity in, into the energy of this collective? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, Ayurveda teaches that what we're focusing on becomes more embedded in us. So if we are getting used to complaining habitually or complaining about others, speaking ill of others habitually, we develop a taste for it. We get snared by it and we fall into that groove where it becomes our go-to. Mm-hmm. And initially, the usual thing is somebody will see themselves doing it and feel uncomfortable. But if you get a taste for doing it, you override the discomfort and that becomes your joy. Yeah. <laughs> it can become your joy. I was um, sitting with my daughter in a little English tea shop just this morning, actually. We were on a long table. We were one end and there were a couple of older ladies on the other end. And it was quite shocking to me to witness how much they were relishing pulling somebody else to pieces. They had Mm -hmm. their Facebook feed up and, oh, they were going over, well, she's written this and she's written that and just really like carrion crows, just picking apart you know, vultures <laughs> picking apart mm-hmm. this, this poor woman and they were enjoying it so much because clearly they're practiced and it was really quite disturbing to witness. And the lure with it is that if we're pointing the finger at somebody else, we're not looking at our own discomfort. That's the snare. True. When we're looking out, we don't have to look inside and sometimes we're uncomfortable with what's inside. So it's definitely something to watch out for. They were a bit too hooked on it. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we just got to watch for those lures of the mind. And as, as we've shared before on the podcast, it says in the Bhagavad Gita that the mind can be our best friend or our worst enemy. And left unattended, it defaults to being our worst enemy. So we have to work with that. And this is one great way to do it, to keep pulling it back to gratitude and generosity and mm. curiosity to uh, get it hooked on something healthier and more helpful to us. Before we close today, I would like to share my list of five from yesterday. I made a list of five things that landed on my joy spotting list, and then I'd invite you, Ananga, to share yours as well. Mine begin with the beautiful icicles that have formed on our roof. I just love them. I know that they're not necessarily great for our house. But I love the way the light catches them. I love when I take a picture, they almost look like molten silver. Uh, They're just stunning. I find them to be gorgeous. I love joking around with my husband. We have a very fun, light relationship, and we joke a lot and spar a lot. I saw bunny tracks in the snow yesterday morning, and I love seeing the tracks for many of the animals that live nearby. Spring water on our property that flows all year round so that I can go and forage. And thankfully, my husband does this quite a bit. 
uh, fill up the jugs and have this wonderful, fresh, beautiful water. And then my latest and greatest new pack of amber incense is bringing me so much joy. I love the smell of that. How about you, Ananga? Um, well, as I've already said, looking for signs of spring, crocuses, <laughs> mm-hmm. daffodil shoots and buds. I, I always really enjoy spring spotting. Noticing the birds. I love birdsong. I'm fascinated by birds. I love learning about them, watching them. And at this time of year, we notice they're around a bit more. Some friends are coming back that have been away from the winter, and there's a definite increase in birdsong in the UK at this time of year. So that always makes me very happy to hear that. I like talking and laughing with my family. Um, this weekend, my nephews booked us all up to a place called Putt Shack where we're going to go and play mini golf. And I know that's going to be hilarious and I'm going to be absolutely rubbish at it. <laughs> I want a picture of that. <laughs> I want a video of that. <laughs> it's going to be a really good laugh. There's a lot of us getting together that haven't seen each other for a while. There'll be about 11 of us. So I'm really looking forward to that. I love quiet moments with a hot drink and a book, especially in the early morning hours that first sip of tea in the morning and coming to and thinking what I need to do with my day or aspirations, inspirations I want to meditate on. That's always a happy time for me. And the scent of lavender. I have some essential oil here on my desk that always makes me feel relaxed and happy and appreciative to smell that. I'm sure there are so many others we could say too, but that's that's my pick of the day, five for today. Those are great. And again, if you want to join us and share your joy spotting lists or anything that that has come up for you listening in, join us on Facebook. Just come and join our private group and share. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Ananga. I really have had a good time talking about joy spotting and how important curiosity and generosity and gratitude are to train our minds to look for the sweet things in life. This week on our Patreon, we'll be sharing our joy spotting meditation from our New Beginnings course. We invite you to listen in by becoming a patron of Anxiety Slayer at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.